shed, open, align, and rise, the phases a butterfly goes through for transformation. Are you stuck in the struggles of divorce, feeling heartbroken, lonely, or simply lost in life? Do you ask yourself, who the heck am I and where do I even start on my own? If so, then SOAR is the spot for you. It's the comeback kit and support system I wish was available back in 2015 when my marriage of 11 years came to an end. SOAR is my signature heartbreak to healing journey, helping women reclaim their joy after divorce. This four-month one-to-one process is carefully crafted using self-discovery for divorce recovery. Each month focuses on one of the four pillars of transformation. SOAR is complete with an all-inclusive transformational toolbox, including weekly one-to-one coaching sessions, step-by-step growth modules, and custom integration practices to implement in your daily life. I'm on a mission to empower women to become relentless about choosing and using joy to design the life they truly desire. If you're ready to get lit up on life and soar to new heights, visit joyfullydivorced.com today and book a free discovery call. All right, it's time to start this joy jam. Join me now. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B. And on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today is a solo jam and one that is near and dear to my heart. It is one that's been popping up in my heart for a long time um, because it's something that I think that I ignored for a while, which is receiving support from others when you're going through heartbreak and divorce. So whether or not you find yourself being the one who is going through heartbreak or divorce, or you're someone who knows someone who's navigating heartbreak or divorce, this episode is for both of you. And really it's just to create more awareness and a common understanding around um, how to approach, how to approach this space and journey in your or someone else's life. So today I'm going to be sharing the support system blueprint that I created that includes some do's and don'ts, if you will, of supporting your loved one um, or someone that you care about or know of through heartbreak and divorce. So let's just jump right in. The blueprint that I've developed is an acronym that is called WAIT, W-A-I-T, write that down, WAIT. And I know when someone you love is aching and you can feel the sadness seeping from their soul, it's human instinct to want to jump right in, run right over and do whatever we can to make it go away or fix it. However, heartbreak is not a time for you to be the hero if you're the supporter. It's a time when the person who you care about, or if it's you in this case, has been given this pain to grow and evolve to be their own hero. 
to realize things about themselves that they didn't know before. And to come out of this experience with an expansion of self and a wholeness that they didn't have before. If you're the supporter, you can't fix it. They will heal as they feel through this time. So let's just move forward with the perspective, the perspective of the supporter. So what can we do with that urgency to support, to help, to be useful to, to the ones that we care about when they're hurting so badly? The answer is we wait. Now, that doesn't mean we do nothing. That doesn't mean we're hands-off or unavailable. We just kind of sit back and ho-hum, you know, dilly-dally doing nothing. So what do I mean by this? Wait stands for witness, acknowledge, invite, and transition team. So let's dive into each one. The W in wait stands for witness. And witness means being fully present and witnessing their pain without judgment, without stories, without, without sharing your own side of things. It's being able to sit there, listen, and hold a safe space for them to be in pain. Let me say that one more time. It's being able to sit there, listen, and hold a safe space for them to be in pain. You're not trying to take it away not trying to change it, just witnessing it. This is a very, if not maybe the most important part of the grief cycle. When someone experiences a loss, they go through stages of grief and the grief is there to be witnessed. The more it's witnessed, just seen, just heard, the more it moves through and creates space for that person to move forward. So you do play a critical role in this healing journey because you can be the witness. Included in the witness phase is just listening. It's a huge part of this. The easier thing to do is to jump in and try to problem solve. But that isn't necessarily something that your friend asked you to do. So I want you to pretend This is kind of a funny way of thinking about it, but I want you to pretend you lost your voice at a concert last night. All right. It's gone. You try to speak, but uh, nothing comes out. Right. And neither of you understand sign language. Okay. So with this lost voice, you get to remember that silence is so supportive Adopt the mentality that silence could be quite possibly the most supportive thing that you can do. If you are going to speak, if you are going to speak during the witness phase, I invite you to say this, say more. What else do you want to share? Or tell me more about that. And then when they're becomes a 
while in the conversation, say it again, say more. What else do you want to share? Tell me more about that. And keep using that phrase or your own variation of that phrase. You'd be surprised how long a conversation will go when we are fully present listening and just asking someone to say more. Now the A in wait stands for acknowledge or acknowledgement. Letting them know that you hear them. Remind them that it's safe to cry. It's safe to be angry. It's safe to share whatever emotions are there. Especially crying. We've been taught that it's weak to cry and to be strong. Just be strong. You're the toughest person I know. I know you'll get through this. We love saying shit like that. (laughs) A very valuable thing you can do is to validate and acknowledge their emotions. I like to tell my clients, keep it flowing. Tears are truth. Reminding them that tears are one way that the body needs to release in order to find peace. Give them permission to feel it all. Some helpful phrases I've discovered through the acknowledgement part of this is things like, I'm here for you. It sounds like you're feeling hurt by, and then you insert a specific situation. You can say something like, that sounds really difficult. Or I hear what you're saying. Maybe I can understand why you're feeling that way. After they've shared so much of their heart with you, those are really powerful phrases to just let them know that you acknowledge all of the pain that's in front of them. You can validate your friend's emotional experience so that they not only feel heard, but also feel understood and supported. And some of those phrases might be, you know, things like, it sounds like, insert the experience, that experience made you feel, and then insert the emotion. Or going through whatever experience sounds really difficult. And then reminding them things like, I'm here to listen if you want to tell me more about that. Thank you for sharing that with me. That was really brave of you to say. That's a really powerful one in the space of validation. Thank you for sharing that with me. Or thank you for trusting me with that. You're safe to share. Thank you for sharing that with me or trusting me with that. It was really brave of you to say that. Letting them know of all that they're stepping into and how it's all just part of their healing. Now, a lot of people, myself included, make the mistake during the acknowledgement phase of hating on the ex. Now, I didn't hate on my ex. There were probably moments where I did, but for the most part, I I wasn't in a space where there was a lot of um, anger and and hatred in our experience. So, um, but in many cases, there are. 
I can remember times where I've had friends who have been through heartbreak. And the first thing that I go to that I've gone to, and I know better now, I did the best I could back in the day with where I was at. And sometimes I even slip up these days. We're human. But if we can remember that you didn't get permission to hate on that person's ex. And even though it may feel tempting to trash talk your friend's ex, I encourage you so, so strongly, so, so fiercely resist the urge. And even, this is a harder part, but even if your friend is going to town on trashing their ex, just hear them out and validate them without adding in your own opinion. We can validate without sending more energy in the direction that's already painful. We don't want to do that. We don't want to add to the flames or fuel the fire of pain, right? So I want you to think about avoiding saying things like, they weren't even good enough for you. It's all their fault. You've been, you just have every right to blame them. Or maybe you'll find yourself saying, I'm so angry. I'm so mad that they hurt you. Or I've also heard people say, I never said it, but I always knew they weren't right for you. Ouch. I remember someone saying that to me and it it really hurt. It actually wasn't helpful, even though they had such good intentions. They were, they were trying to validate, but it was kind of the wrong validation for me. I never said it, but I always knew they weren't right for you or they weren't good enough for you. Or here's my favorite one. There's something way better out there for you. (laughs) We try to say all these things when really all we need to do is validate. It sounds like this made you feel. Thanks for sharing with me. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I can't understand. I can understand why you're feeling that way. Those types of things are really helpful without adding in our own two cents or judging or validating. Just slow down and remember sometimes the less you say is the most that you can give. Less is more. Another mistake is trying to force the bright side and encourage them too soon to replace the pain with all positives. Again, I know that I'm guilty of this, guilty as charged, but these are important things to note. Being solely focused on the silver lining, on the positives can actually invalidate your friend's experience and may make them feel closed off to really sharing their true feelings with you, all right? So try avoid saying things like, you're better off without them. Everything will get better soon. This is for the best. Everything happens for a reason. God has a plan for you. Those things can really, like I said, lead to invalidation and lead to someone being much more closed off. Because again, that's really more of your point of view, which leads me to my last part of this, this experience, which is trying not to offer unsolicited advice. I want you to remember they will ask you when they are trying to process something. They will ask you 
if they need your input. Okay. But if they don't, don't lead with things like, you know what you need to, you should, you can, you can't, those things aren't helpful or, oh, well, you know what? I went through the same thing. Here's what I did. I know, again, these are things that I've done and I forget too, but try to keep yourself out of it. It's about them right now. And especially this one is, is key. If I were you, I would da, 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 da. Let's keep these types of phrases out of the A, acknowledgement. But once they know that it's safe to be seen and heard with you in this pain, and you've leaned into the witness, being the witness, really acknowledging and validating and allowing them to show up in the way they need to, then maybe it's time to offer up the I. And that's invite. Many people navigating heartbreak try to cope by isolating. It's pretty normal. And maybe it's because they feel embarrassed or afraid that they'll get asked about their ex or their situation or, or the dreaded this one, take this out of your, take this out altogether in everyday life. And also, especially in dealing with someone who's going through heartbreak, people don't like being asked, how are you doing in any capacity? So you can replace, how are you doing with, where's your energy at? How are you feeling is a better question than how are you doing? My story at the time of going through divorce was that I didn't want my pain to quote unquote, rub off on other people. I think to myself, you already feel bad enough. There's no use in dragging anyone else down with you. Now, I know that that wasn't the case, but at the time, the last thing I wanted was to be a buzzkill. I didn't really want to be around myself. And so I thought nobody else will probably want to either. I know now that there were so many other things at play blocking my healing and creating those mean girl thoughts, as, as I call them, those mean girl thoughts that, that really didn't allow me to let people in and wait with me. But what I wanted more than anything was to have people wait with me. I just didn't know how. I didn't know any of this that I'm sharing with you then, which is why I hope that you take it in now. And looking back, I, I just didn't know how to ask for help without feeling like a burden to anyone else. I give you major credit for tuning in today to help your loved one understand that you're ready to wait and that you've taken the time to better understand how to help in a healthy way. And if you're the one going through heartbreak now, and you haven't been able to communicate how others can support you, send them this podcast episode and point out the specific things that really resonated with you. Allow a conversation to unfold, no matter which spot you find yourself in or which role you're playing today, allow that under that conversation to unfold that leaves both people feeling like they are significant and valued on this journey of healing. So back to invite. First, remind them it's normal to not want to be seen in your pain and that we all go through painful moments. 
No one expects you to put a smile on your face and move on. In fact, we're on this earth to co-nourish each other. Otherwise, there would just be like one person on this earth and not many. (laughs) During this phase, try not to assume that you know what they need. In fact, it's easy to say, oh, I know exactly what you need. You need a mani-pedi, a pamper yourself day. I'll schedule the appointments. When are you free? It's easier to do that. It's easier to do that than to invite. And remember that even though you have the best of intentions, that might not feel good for them right now. The idea is not to demand that they get out of the house and get on over it. In fact, trying to distract them from feeling can delay their healing. So here are a few ways that we can invite. First and foremost, always inviting language, options, letting them choose and lead. So you can ask, hey, what's the best way to support you right now? Now, they may be quick to say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because life feels overwhelming. And this may be the first time in a long time that they have to decide for themselves and not just go along with what I call the couple's plan, which is, you know, what do you want for dinner? Oh, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. And so actually navigating this part of your journey can be really tricky because you forget what you actually desire for yourself. So it's okay if you hear them say, I don't know, I don't know. It's at this point, you can continue the conversation by saying something like, is it okay if I make a few suggestions? The point here is you want to get permission. Is it okay if I make some suggestions? And if they say yes, think of four to five options. You don't want to overwhelm the system because it's already feeling very chaotic and confusing in their mind, but four to five, maybe even less than that. And try using the phrase, maybe it might feel good to go to Barnes and Noble. Maybe it might feel good to get some ice cream. Maybe it might feel good to go to the movie theater. Maybe it might feel good to, um, take a drive to the beach, whatever it is. So we list off a couple of options that you know, that you know that they enjoy, right? This isn't things that you would enjoy right now. What you need right now, it's what you think that they might want if they can't articulate it. You know this person quite well. So just sit with it for a minute. One of my favorite things was um, when someone would invite me to do something that that we used to love to do together. Now, not me and my ex used to love to do together. That can be kind of triggering and and it's okay if that becomes the thing, but something that let's say, let's say my best friend is the one who's talking to me and she and I used to love going to hikes. And it's been a really long time since we've gone hiking, or it's been a really long time since we've gone uh, rollerblading, or it's been a really long time since we just went and put our feet, our toes in the pool and sipped on a margarita, whatever it is. Think about a time when the two of you were in so much joy together and maybe lend that up as an option. 
I would encourage you to, in the beginning, invite on a, what I call duo basis. So a plus one. So it's you, if you're the supporter and, and your friend, a group is okay too, if they're up to it. Um, but many times social settings feel very overwhelming. So start small and reminders of moments where it's really, you want to come up with, with, with some options that are reminders of those moments where it's okay to do life solo, right? Okay. Let's quick 20 second timeout to talk about an amazing free resource for you or someone, you know, who's feeling sick and tired of crying on the bathroom floor drained from divorce. I get it. I stayed stuck in the struggle bus for far too long because I didn't know what to do next. It's time to get up off that bathroom floor and hit the reboot button to start moving forward. Simply share or visit joyfullydivorce.com today to download the free what now workbook. It's a blueprint that outlines the six simple steps to starting fresh. I've taken the guesswork out of what's next because we all deserve to design the life we truly desire. Now let's get back to the show. And I, what I mean by that is maybe don't ask them to be the plus one to go to a wedding, right? <laughs> let's be sensitive here. Once you have the buy-in that of the choice that they've made, say, great. You don't have to think about a thing. I'll take care of the details and come over early so we can get ready together. Do not invite them to hang out with you and your partner. If you have a partner <laughs> or the other thing is in the beginning, I would get invited to a lot of couple outings. Now, it's okay if your friend suggests or says to you things like, keep inviting me to things, even though it feels hard, like I don't, I'd rather go than, than miss out on the couple thing. But most people, when they're in the beginning stages of heartbreak or, or try, still trying to navigate it, feeling like the third wheel, the third wheel syndrome can drop in hot and heavy. All right. So just being mindful of that. And keep in mind, it's not necessary to demand that they participate, to manipulate guilt or shame them into coming out of isolation if they need some time alone. If it doesn't feel good to get out of the house, see if they're looking for company at home, at their home, or maybe if they do want to get out of the house, but not find it in a social setting, maybe they're looking for company at your home or for the two of you to go get an Airbnb or a hotel room at a fancy hotel for a night or whatever it is, but still have that privacy element to it. Right now they're seeking safety so hard. So where do they feel safe and what do they feel safe doing? Can you order in from their favorite restaurant that maybe they haven't had in a while watch a movie together that makes you laugh or do they maybe need a workout buddy or a walking buddy in the morning or at night? Maybe they want you to bring a book and just sit in silence together on the front porch. Sometimes just being in the energy of someone who cares about them doing stuff, everyday stuff feels good. Maybe they want you to go grocery shopping. Those regular tasks 
that they used to do with their partner. Now they're searching for safety in those everyday tasks. And if your friend declines any of those options, let them know it's okay. And ask them if it's all right if you check in again with them during the week. Some people like to process alone for a bit, while others appreciate it when their friends reach out. So make a routine out of following up because certainty is comforting during this time. I would have a loved one of mine close out every day on a little voice note and and it had a text option too on a little Voxer app. Just every day sending a little ping at the end of their day, at the end of our day, letting me know that they were thinking about me. That's really helpful. Don't give up on this phase of invitation and please don't take it personally. It's one thing when you have a long-term friendship and one person never puts in any effort and always says no to your social invites. We all know those people, right? (laughs) In those cases, yes, be courageous enough to have the conversation about invites and rejection. It's a healthy conversation to have and get clear on where your friendships stand and what you need out of your friendships, quite frankly. However, this is not that situation. In this case, your friend is navigating the grieving process and what they are up for will change by the minute. It can change by the minute. In some cases, they're unpacking deep trauma and wounding and the desire to be in the company of others will come and go in waves. They need you to keep inviting. They need you to keep them at the forefront of your mind. And remember, there is another layer of invitation. Inviting them to feel it all. Inviting them to rest. Inviting them to express their needs. It's not just about filling up their schedule, but also a deep permissioning and reminder that they are invited to be right where they are right now. Your role is to remind them of those invitations because it's going to be easy for them to forget. So lastly is the T in wait. And the T stands for transition team. Guess what? You don't have to be their one and only sole supporter. You may be their first call and their go-to person, but you get to have support too. It can be a lot to hold space for someone navigating grief and pain, especially if you've never been in their situation, or maybe you haven't even experienced deep, deep grief and deep pain before in your life. That's why many times they hesitate to have other people around, like I shared earlier. So I invite you to lovingly recruit. (laughs) That's the word that I use. Lovingly recruit, look around or better yet. Ask, ask what other people do they have currently that they're trusting with their healing? They may name off other family members, friends, coworkers that they've turned to, and they may tell you that you're the only one. Regardless, it's important to keep in mind 
that as much as the people close to us have good intentions, they don't always have the tools to help the transitioning. At this point, you can get curious with them on ways outside of the inner circle that they can feel supported and gain tools to move forward. Things like a coach or a mentor or a group or a community who's been through what they have. There is something so healing simply being in the presence of someone who's been through heartbreak, heartache, or divorce. So allow your loved one to lean into the possibility of healing and growing with others who have been in their shoes. Your friend is going to be changing daily, discovering and uncovering who they are now that they don't have this other plus one. It's hard and it's very healing to know yourself on a deep, intimate level. The other thing you can do to make yourself available as they transform into this new version of themselves is being present or offering up time and energy when significant transitions are occurring. They may have to move, change their name, take on new roles and responsibilities, new routines, find new friends, let friends go, start dating again. There are so many transitions they can make on this journey. So reminding them that they are supported by team transition, you and the others they have decided to embrace, this is really important because divorce can feel so lonely. Having someone see you and volunteer to hold your hand and hug you through each tiny transition is major. So much of the grief cycle is simply being there, being present and holding space. They have to navigate the pain. They have to find the truth about themselves. They have to choose what the next best thing is and only they can do that. Your responsibility, your role is to be that safe space where they feel nurtured enough to dig into the pain and process it fully. Nothing you can do or say will heal it or make it heal faster. So just remember to wait. Just remember to wait. Witness, acknowledge, invite, and help create that solid transition team. Remember that they appreciate you so, so much. And simply by being available during this painful process is enough. You're amazing. And it would mean so much to me if you would share this episode with someone else today, especially other people that you know and the support team and the transition team of this person's life. And if you're that person sharing this episode with the people in your life that you are searching for support from so they can better understand what that looks like for you. Have a beautiful day. Go out into the world, shine your light bright, and love yourself healthy. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.